Welcome to the Backlot Review, an official part of the Backlot Podcast Network. And we are back. Took a little bit of a hiatus. Had a bunch of personal stuff came up, a bunch of work and sickness problems, which are currently sidelining John Keg. So I'm here today with, you know, frequent guest, JP. JP, what's up? The king is back. We had to bring JP off the bench today. We had to call in a substitution. John had mm-hmm. to tap out. He is not with us today. Should be on next week, though, hopefully. He's still alive. The way you said it kind of made it seem like he was dead. He's not yeah, with he, us, but he's, he, he's alive. <laughs> he's alive. You could see you could see his tweets on Twitter and okay, the movies good. he watches on, on Letterboxd. But he's out there. Oh, he should be joining us next week, hopefully, if he feels any better, which he should. Yeah, so we well, got a special... Soon. Get well soon, John Keg. So today is going to be a bit of a of a shorter episode. I wish we could have talked about all the movies that we've seen previously, but we just don't have time for that. It's a bunch of movies that that we've seen. You know, um, Birds of Prey came out, which was pretty good, surprisingly good. If I if I do say so myself, have you seen Birds of Prey yet? Haven't seen it. No, we we're just talking before, and I I haven't seen a movie. In a very very long time, I've been very busy. <laughs> what's a but what's no, a it, movie? Or did I say booby? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm very tired. I've been very tired recently, but um, no, I've 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 heard a lot of good things about it, and I uh, still have no interest in seeing any DC movie if it's not like the Joker at the very least. Um, I mean, I don't blame you. Yeah. I had I, I th- it's not perfect, um, but it is fun, better than Suicide Squad. Okay, but anything would, is better than Suicide Squad. Oh, literally anything. That's probably yeah, so. that's probably my most hated film of all time. If I'm being honest. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Will Smith didn't do it for you. Mm. What are we? A kind of Suicide Squad. <laughs> but I, but, that's oh the line God. of the century. This year's Katana. The- <laughs> <laughs> Try not to get killed by her. It's like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, Bad Boys was surprisingly good, actually. Okay. Which I really was not expecting. Hmm. Um, Martin Lawrence was surprisingly good. Uh, fat Martin Lawrence is much funnier than skinny Martin Lawrence. He kind of looks like Big Mama. <laughs> he kind of looks like Big Mama in the trailer. <laughs> he kind of he does, actually, kind of um i didn't think it was gonna be sorry i didn't think it was gonna be funny and then i saw the trailer like most trailers do not make me laugh but it it did make me laugh when he's like something fell on his van or something and then his wife calls him and he's like she knows she always knows and i'm like okay that's pretty funny (laughs) that's pretty funny uh honestly it was a surprisingly funny movie you know awesome it's definitely the best bad boys movie on like a merit like on okay. a merit level, it's better than than the other Bad Boys movies. Like as a film, okay. I don't know if I don't know if it'll reach like beloved status like Bad Boys Two, 
but it's definitely better than Bad Boys 2, at least in my opinion. Okay. I mean, I don't remember much of either of the films, so. Um, The Gentleman was a movie that was released. <laughs> was it a good movie, a bad movie? Um, I don't think so. John disagrees. John, I think, really enjoyed that movie. Mm-hmm. I did not like The Gentleman. Um, wow. I, th- I thought the first, like, 45 minutes were really boring. I thought some of the jokes just didn't land for me. Hmm. Um, it's honestly pretty forgettable. Okay. I'm like, I'm trying to recall things that happened in, in the movie, and I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time. I know Matthew McConaughey's in it. Was so he good, tr- at least? I heard he was not very good. Not his best performance. He's fine, I guess. It's Matthew McConaughey, you know? Yeah. You know? Uh, Charlie Hunnam is in it. So is Henry Golding, I think is his name. The guy no from Last Christmas. He's in um, He's in Crazy Rich Asians. He's going to be in the new G.I. Joe movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good-looking um, guy, good-looking guy. Yeah, yes, very super <laughs> fucking chiseled jawline. Oh, boy. I forget who else is in that movie. But whatever. The Gentleman? Yeah. Colin, Colin Farrell, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's in that movie. He's actually... Probably has the best performance. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, that was a movie that was released, and then Onward came out, which I think was the mm-hmm. first movie of the year that I was actually somewhat excited for, because mm-hmm. at least for January and February, uh, Red Letter Media. I don't know if you're familiar with Red Letter Media. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of coined the term "fuck you." It's January. <laughs> Which is basically what movie studios see January and February as when they just dump all the really bad movies. Right. Because, right. you know, I think this is like kind of like the slow time for film. You know, right after Oscar season, they don't really, you don't want to release big summer blockbusters because people are going back to school and back to work at the start of the new year. Right. You have a shit ton of movies that you need to release that are pretty bad. Right. But you need to put them out there. Like, there were some really, really bad horror movies that came out these past couple months. Uh, movies that I can't really, you know, remember the name of because they were so bad. Wasn't uh, The Grudge and that came out this year? Yeah. yeah was it? Yeah, I think The Grudge came out in early January. The it Grudge was the was... first movie, I think, to be released. The first movie the... to be released ever. In, yeah, in ever. 2020. <laughs> uh, like in the first weekend, I think. I'm not um, sure, or was it that, or was it uh, the other one with uh, the Stranger Things kid that I can't remember, and Mackenzie Davis? You know what I'm talking know. about? Uh, kinda, not really. It's like a horror movie with like, uh, um, God, what the hell is his name? There's a lot of horror movies. Finn uh, Wolfhart uh, and Mackenzie Davis. She plays like a nanny, and him. I don't know. It's it's forgettable. Who cares? It came out in January. What the fuck movie? are you talking about? Um, I don't know. I, the, that bronze, the boy, whatever movie came out, which looked awful. See that? No idea. You can't a, name a it's movie a The Boy. Like, come on, dude. But, I, but I it's a sequel. That. It's a sequel to what? Brands, I guess. Brand? <laughs> the Boy oh. 1, I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. I know it's a sequel. Um, it was garbage. But yeah, pretty much Fuck You January came around, then Fuck You February came around. And I guess, you know, you had some, you know, good films in that time frame. You had Bad Boys. 
You had um, Birds of Prey, which really underperformed. They even had to change the name on like the AMC app and all that. Yeah, what the hell's the deal with that, too? Yeah, That's I guess. Weird. I know it kind of sucks if you're Margot Robbie because I think Margot Robbie herself had like wanted that specific name. Like Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn or whatever the fuck it's called. Hmm. Um, which is okay as far as titles go, even though I think it should have just been called Harley Quinn and Friends. Mm. Yeah, I guess. And then whatever they changed that they actually did change it to like Harley Quinn's Birds of Prey or some shit like that. That's crazy that they changed it not once but twice. Like in this business, dude, stick with your guns. Like just go with it. Like it's so weird. Like I don't know, man. It's kind of what happened with with Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, Yeah. Live Die Repeat or whatever. That's what it was called. Yep, originally. Way better than fucking Edge of Tomorrow, in my opinion. Live Die Repeat? That's sick. Yeah, that's Live Die Repeat is on is on all the the DVD and Blu-ray covers. I'm pretty sure that's like its Blu-ray release. No, wait, hold on, I gotta look this up. Yeah. <laughs> well that's one way the 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 studio really fucked up its marketing there. Cause I think it's general consensus that Live Die Repeat is a much better title than Hell yeah. Edge of Tomorrow. Hell yeah. That's kind of, Edge of Tomorrow is kind of a shitty title. I just wrote Live Die Depeat. Great, great job. You need some sleep. I know. Ninety <laughs> percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, you can watch The Gentleman. It'll help you put you to sleep. Oh yeah, I want to watch it right now. Edge of Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, right. I had no idea. Anyways. Yeah. So whatever. March comes around, and we finally get. I guess the first two movies that I was kind of excited for of the year you have onward and you have emma uh mm. starring anya taylor joy but i'm a huge anya taylor joy fan so that's pretty much like the only reason i'm even excited for emma okay but whatever onward comes around and i was pretty bummed to see that people didn't really share my enthusiasm towards it i guess the marketing kind of didn't do it for a lot of people I know a lot of people thought it was a DreamWorks production. A lot of people didn't really think the animation or I guess just the qual- like the visuals didn't really live up to Pixar standards, if, if you kind of see what I'm saying. Yeah, it didn't didn't do it for me. The trailer, tra- But trailers most often like don't really do it for me these days. They don't, you know, but it's, it's definitely I didn't see the appeal when I first saw the trailer. And I, I think a lot of or at least the general consensus shared that sentiment. Because a lot of people have, have sort of brushed this off. This film, you know, Onward really underperformed its opening weekend. Now, a lot of it can be, you know, you could kind of look at China, it not releasing in China due to the coronavirus and whatnot because of that. Mm-hmm. But Onward only, you know, released to about, I think it was 40 million opening weekend. Oh. Yeah, which. That is. Um, yeah, it's not good for a low. Pixar film. No, it's not. And again, again, you can kind of, you know, look at it not releasing in China because of that. But right. either way, I still think this film was going to slightly underperform, even if it did release there. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't think it really captured, you know, audiences in right. the way most Pixar films do. It, it it was weird. And I think it really almost does kind of look like a DreamWorks movie. I guess maybe it's setting, uh, the animation style, the character designs does kind of look... A little DreamWorksy. 
Yeah, and it also had, I mean, this, like, element to it that was, like, quest fantasy kind of thing that you don't really see in uh, Pixar movies, except for, like, Brave, kind of. Um, but that's another film that people say doesn't really feel like a Pixar movie. Yeah, that one you can even say it feels like a, a DreamWorks movie. I guess I guess because DreamWorks had, like, Shrek, and that was kind of... <laughs> fantasy that's what, I, that's what most people think of i feel when yeah the, i think i think that's what it is i think that's what it is hmm could be but at least what i've noticed from pixar uh at least for the past couple years when they've you know ever since they've been doing the two releases a year sort of thing i think mm-hmm. maybe since like inside out came out maybe a little bit before that yep. was the earlier one coming out always kind of feels like a little appetizer for like the main course coming out later in the year. And I definitely feel like this is the case this year with Soul coming out um, this summer. Right. You kind of get what I'm saying? Like in 2017, you had, what was it, Finding Dory that came out early, like I think early March. And then you had Coco that came out in November. And you can make the case that Coco is the best Pixar movie ever. Yeah. But I don't you think that Finding Dory had like more like hype? going into it um like people were, I th- were i think the lesser of the two were expected to be was expected to be coco instead of uh dory i think you could definitely make that oh i'm sorry it was cars 3 that came out the year coco came out oh okay okay it was cars 3 um and this is coming from a huge cars fan i was actually kind of excited for cars 3 hmm. i think car I, I don't know man i think cars gets a really bad rep i just don't I don't know, man. <laughs> I just don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I definitely feel like Soul is definitely the big Pixar movie coming out this year. I'm really, really, really excited for Soul. We'll see. I mean, definitely uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum, like the the trailer for Soul kind of got me. Like, oh, wow. Like, this seems like it's in a, a presumably in New York. Or at least something uh, that looks like it's supposed to be representative city, of New York. Yeah, yeah, big city, uh, jazz. I love jazz, uh, jazz music playing in the background, or jazz piano. And I was like, oh, wow, like, okay, it's going to be like, because that's mostly what I listen to. So, okay, maybe I can, like, resonate with this one. I was kind of excited to see it. Yeah, me too. Or I um, am excited to see it. So, now that we're on the subject, actually, we're talking about Pixar talking about mm-hmm. onward and how it's sort of underperformed and how you know i feel like the general hype around it um wasn't really there mm-hmm. if you had to rank your top five pixar films you could throw in an honorable mention you know how we roll okay honorable mention i came ready you came I ready came ready yeah you, you know how this <laughs> go you know how we roll up here bro yeah i do I like that. I might have to call in this permanent sub, man. I might have to. I might have to tell John to sit this to, to keep sitting out, man. This dude Coming be in here ready, scrambling, dog. trying to put a, a top five together. Nah, man. Nah, man. Okay. Um. All right. You you hit me with the honorable mention first, and then I'll go. Okay. Because Actually, now I feel like we could get some good discourse here before we start talking about onward. Okay, for sure. So I have two honorable mentions. Um, I'm not sure how you're gonna feel about it, but uh, real quick, uh, The Incredibles. Um, Whoa! Yeah, I think beyond it being um, a really great visually, and by the way, the fact that this is an honorable mention 
is not a, a diss to it at all. I think every single movie that I mention, including the honorable mentions, are really, really great films. Um, just in terms of what my taste is, um, I had to put it in my honorable mentions. Just be, because while I do think it's a really great superhero movie, and it's up there, believe it or not, with one of the with as one of the best superhero movies, and you can definitely put it up there with freaking you know the Spider Mans, and if we're counting it as not just comic book movies, but like uh, comic book superheroes, but like superheroes in general, I think it's up there with. Uh, Spider-Man's and the you know the Batman's and all that Marvel bullshit uh <laughs> and I think beyond it being just a superhero family movie uh with really great characters and and funny moments and great action and great visuals I think there's beyond that there's nothing really el- nothing else there um I like a Pixar movie to have some sort of an emotional weight to it or a message um, which you know, there's like a light message in here about treating people. I disagree. I, I disagree with almost every single word you're saying. Maybe right now. okay. Maybe I'm I missed a few things here and there, but I just um, I f- just find it incredibly enjoyable to watch. No pun uh, intended. Yes, actually, did not catch that. Wow. <laughs> um, but real quick before you um, uh, rip my head off about the Incredibles, uh, I'm gonna mention uh, my second honorable mention which is Inside Out, which on the opposite side of the spectrum, I think it has a really great um, uh, lesson and message uh, for young kids, uh, especially those that are dealing with pretty... Uh, you know, growing pains, puberty, yeah, growing and, up and, and dealing with emotions and how to handle them. Yeah, understanding different, more complex emotions and... And how to deal with that and stuff like that, um, which I think is, I think it's so cool how they did that, and I'm surprised um, that it hasn't been done before. The idea of like persona, uh, the personification of like emotions, especially in like a young child, um, I'm surprised it hasn't been done before. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's an incredibly original story. I think it's really cool. I think the only thing, the only reason I put it here is because I, it didn't really make me feel anything ironically a movie about emotions didn't really make me feel like beyond it just being kind of fun and 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 enjoyable and i understood and appreciated the message i didn't really feel anything you know Hmm. so oh gotta connect my laptop to the charger hold on (laughs) (laughs) hold on (laughs) it's about to die on me i just realized (laughs) Uh, do you want me to go with my honorable mention while you do that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I'm not going to rip your head off for The Incredibles just yet. Thank you. I'll wait, in, I w- I'll wait until I get there on my list. Thank you. Um, now, I, uh, JP and I dis- discussed this before You know, we actually started recording the episode. That mm-hmm. You can make a case for at least 11 Pixar films You know, being a number one, which is an insane track record. I agree. I agree. Um, but obviously, you know, our list is narrowed down to five. My honorable mention, however, isn't a film that you'd probably expect to be up here. Hmm. But I Hit have to it. put I have to put it in my honorable mention because I feel like this has a bad reputation amongst Pixar films because I guess you could say it was the first 
not amazing film in a run of amazing films when they first started, you know, from Toy Story up until pretty much The Incredibles. Okay. And for that, I have to put Cars as my honorable mention. Okay. Okay. Now, I realize that this isn't, you know, top tier Pixar. I I wouldn't even put this in my top 10 Pixar films. I have actually have it at number 12 right now. Hmm. But I have to stick up for him. I have to stick up for my boy, Lightning McQueen. <laughs> I feel like too often this film gets a lot of flack and thrown around in like the bottom tier Pixar movies when I can probably name maybe like nine other, like nine worse ones. I think it's better than Bugs Life. I think it's better than The Incredibles 2. I think it's better than Finding Dory. I think Cars... I don't know why, but Cars kind of feels like like a nice bowl of like soup, like when you're sick. <laughs> what? I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm speaking from the heart here. I love Cars. I'm telling you, I love Cars. Like you love soup. Like I love soup, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, like, a, like a sick child, like John Kegg loves soup. Mm-hmm. Oh, right now he does. I, I just feel like Cars is, is a very, almost kind of homey. It's reliable. In a sense, it's very, it's it, it's sort of like Americana feel, you know, rural, you know, mm. America, you know, this town that's kind of dying and dealing, you know, the old coming to terms with the new and old manuals at clouds sort of thing. I gotcha. I gotcha. It it feels very, I don't know, it feels very homey. You know, it feels very warm. It feels, it's like it's like a very warm film. It's like a little fireplace for me. Okay. Okay. Now I'm kind of getting. To the root of why you liked Ford versus Ferrari, but that's for another day. That's for another day. We'll, <laughs> we'll save that. I think the emotional beats in the film are pretty good. Mm-hmm. I know the world of cars raises a lot of questions. A lot of questions that I'm not really going to get into right now. Yeah. Um. I, you know, say what you will about the sequels. Cars two is not good. I think Cars three is decent. I think it's a pretty good movie. Has some good emotional beats as well, although not as good as Cars One, but definitely better than Cars Two. Um, but I think I think Cars Two needs need, I think Cars I'm sorry needs to get a little more respect. I think you know the voice cast is is really good. I mean you have Paul Newman in there, Paul Newman playing you know classic Doc Hudson, Hudson Hornet. Mm. I think this, that's one of his last performances actually. Oh yeah, legendary Paul Newman. Um, Obviously, you know, you have the Owen Wilsons and whatnot. I think a lot of its bad reputation comes from Mater, which yeah. he I, is. That's, yeah, that's definitely something that deterred me for it, from it. He is kind of an annoying character. There's no doubt about that. But I think he's, he, you know, he's a comic relief. You know, okay. and I think he is, I think he is integral. He's an integral part of the story. I wish he wasn't in it as long. But I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just wearing my nostalgia glasses but i have to stick up for cars it's my honorable mention <laughs> i understand I, I can't i can't stick up for the slander anymore what's your number five uh my number five is uh coco um i think it really um it's two things that i it, it's a one thing that i really love about pixar is that it's it's never afraid to shine a light on a different culture. Um, not just different from like what we've been used to for the last I don't know how many years, but 
I loved it as a as a Hispanic man. I grew up uh, with certain things that I've that I saw in this movie, and I was like, oh wow, like I actually like that's crazy. Like we're we're being represented in kind of like a a really cool way, in just the small ways, the way that he talks to his grandma, the way that he interacts with the family, and just how he is the main character. Um, and it's a movie about music and, and heritage, and and it's just. It's just super fucking sweet, and the only thing that I really don't like about the film is the main kid. I think when you have a character who's that passionate um, in whatever form of media, I think film or TV shows or whatever, uh, when you have a character who's that passionate about something, in, the, in his case, music, um, and um, I forget the, the guy's name that he idolizes, um, but anyways... When you have that kind of character, he can kind of be borderline annoying, which he was in this film. Uh, not too much, but it, he just kind of seemed like a whiny kid <laughs> at times, and it just kind of made me feel like, all right, man, like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but but for the most part, I think it's really sweet. And, and again, like, most Pixar movies do this. You have fun, and you grow to love these characters um, throughout the entire movie, and then it just hits you in the heart. Yep. Right near the end, and you're just like, "Come on, man! Like I'm here with my girlfriend. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not about to fucking cry, dude. All right." But lo and behold, man, I shed one tear. One tear. One, one tear for Coco. Uh, it didn't make me go super crazy, uh, bawling out of control and weeping, but it did. Got one, it got one tear out of me, so. I respect a single manly tear that yeah. fell gracefully from your cheek. Yes. From my eye to my cheek to my chin and to the floor. And uh yeah. <laughs> That's my number five. <laughs> Alright, Coco. Nice. Alright. So my number five is Wally. Wally. That was really good. I know, man. I'm the guy I'm the king. I'm the king. Did you play Wally? <laughs> Were you Wally in the, in the film? Um, so I have Wally clocking in at my number five. I think Show. the first, say, 45 minutes. Yeah, the first 45 minutes or so of this film, I think is one of... I'm not going to say Pixar's masterpiece because I don't think that's the case, but I think it's certainly mm. a top three Pixar moment. I think it's one of the best examples of modern and recent visual storytelling because I don't think there are any lines of dialogue in the first like 45 minutes of Wally besides you know Wally's like like the f- five words he says and the little um movie that he watches I forgot what movie it is Jesus but um I think from a visual perspective and from a visual storytelling perspective i think wally is by far the best pixar film that does that Mm. however i don't think the last half i don't know about the last half yeah i'd say like the last half from when wally goes up on the ship i think that isn't as strong as the first 45 minutes but i do realize that's a little unfair because i think the first 45 minutes of this film are legitimate pretty much legitimate perfection I think. Mm. I think if Wally was as consistently good as the first 45 minutes of this film, I think 
it's as a whole Pixar's masterpiece and arguably the best animated film of all time. I think you would be able to make that wow. case. However, I think it sort of gets lost and I think it like in its own message kind of once they reach the spaceship, I feel like I don't know if there was a little interference, but I felt like maybe they decided to play it a little too safe towards the end. Right. Um, but I think the first, again, like the first, let's say hour of the film is is pretty much legitimate perfection. Plus, Wally and Eve are fucking adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Never seen Wally. Really? <laughs> oh, man. Yep. I haven't seen Wally. I haven't seen like two other Pixar movies. Really? Yeah. yeah, so I would definitely give Wally Wally a chance. I haven't been disappointed by any Pixar films, so I feel really strongly about Wally though. I, I, I really truly do think the first like forty five minutes or so are 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 almost perfection. Yeah, I definitely have to check it out. My girlfriend really loves that movie, so I it's really something, it. man. It, it's really, really something. Those that that you know, beginning of the film. I'll sit down and watch with her. Apparently, it's like kind of sad or something. I, I wouldn't say sad, but but like not like in the way that like all other Pixar movies are, but like kind of like depressing, sad. Like no, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't no? say that. Okay. okay. I think Wally is the first Pixar film that kind of, like Pixar kind of realized that like, hey, we can like just like emotionally destroy people and sort of tease it a little bit. <laughs> So they kind of did that at the end of Wally, and then they just went balls to the wall uh, with Up the year after. Mm-hmm. And then they saw that, and they were like, oh, fuck it, let's just keep doing this. Yeah, Toy Story 3. I mean, Jesus. And then Toy Story 3 uh, came out, yeah, 2010, and then 2011 you had... What came out in 2011? Oh, Cars 2, which made people cry for other reasons. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, what's your number four? Uh, my number four um, is... Um I love it, man. I just think it's a simple story, man. Just a uh a rat not supposed to be in a kitchen, but he loves to cook. It's such a simple idea that's so fucking clever. Yeah, like but not only that, even more simpler, it's just a person who is not under any circumstances supposed to be doing something and he does it anyway like he finds a way to do it because he loves it so much and that's something that i really um i really really my my girl this is my girlfriend's favorite um i would say pixar movie but i think it's one of her favorite movies in general um and i saw it with her the first time for the first time ever like the first in the first year of our relationship and I, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I've never seen this movie before. And it, like, truly, like, inspired me. I thought it was I thought it was a, a really well-told story. You kind of felt, like, when, when he's cooking and stuff, it's like, holy shit. Like, you, 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 your love of whatever it is that you want to do kind of grows because you see a little bit of yourself in there. Or at least for me, you're just like, oh, wow. Like, it's infectious, the 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 amount of passion that he has for for cooking and stuff um and the movie kind of makes you hungry it does it makes you really really hungry like when i watch it i'm like and you just see the smoke coming from the food and you're just like holy shit i can go for like a fucking 
pasta right now. I could go for some. <laughs> I could go for some ratatouille. I could go for right some masta masta choli right now, or some oh like God. ravioli. Mm. Jesus. Um, but no, beyond that, like the visuals are amazing. I just I, I love it. Um, um, you feel for this guy. You you feel for just everybody involved. Is such a a, a great um character. Um. I keep wanting to say animated, but it's an animated movie. But like the characters feel like so big. Um, um, the protagonist in the film always feels like like this big, huge obstacle that he has to go through. And it's like I don't know. I just I really I really love every character in this. Everybody plays their role perfect, like to perfection. I think every character is great. Um, I just feel like it's one of those Pixar movies that. Um, while it does have a following, I don't think it's as uh, popular as most other ones, which I think is a shame. I think it's a really good story about passion and, and following your dreams, and which most Pixar movies are. But for this reason alone, it's like this person who's not supposed to do something, doing it anyways, I think it's, it's a great lesson hmm. for a lot of people. Agreed. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So that was your number four. Fuck! I want spaghetti now. Shit! I knew you... I shouldn't have had it on this list. <laughs> you do know Ratatouille's French, right? What? That's right. Yeah, you you were saying all these like Italian foods and shit. I'm like, should I tell him? Oh wow! You want some? I haven't seen it. I haven't shit. seen it in like I haven't seen it in like four years. Why did I think it was? You want That's a you right. want a fucking croissant and shit. You want some baguettes. That's what I want. That's what you're in the mood for. <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I want. Fuck. Why did I say? Now I feel like I disrespected the French. Uh, the French. I'm sorry. It's been a while. Why did I picture like? Why did I picture the? <laughs> why did I picture making like ravioli? Bro, and I'm shit? here like, thinking. What the fuck? I'm here thinking. I'm like. I'm like. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm like. When the fuck did Remy make a fucking pasta? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Pixar, but like, I just, I take with me like the, the, oh my God, the emotions and stuff. Uh, I don't really take with me like details, like where it took place. Like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So that was your number four, Ratatouille. Yep. Uh, My number four, uh, I have Monsters, Inc. Fire. Um, A timeless, timeless classic. I think. You have arguably the two best, or uh, arguably the two best, and maybe the two or the two most iconic uh, performances in like lead characters for Pixar between mm. Billy Crystal and John Goodman. I think second only to Tim Allen and and Tom Hanks for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. Mm-hmm. But I think their roles in this are. are are just classic you know those are the first two things i think of when i think of monsters inc mm-hmm. i think you know its story it, it has a pretty good uh, like we said about pixar films you know with ratatouille i think it takes you know a certain i don't want to say story because i feel like i've said that shit like a fucking million times but it takes like a certain aspect of its story or a certain aspect of you know like culture you know, scared children and puts like, you know, this kind of unique twist to it, which I think, you know, early Pixar kind of did a really, really good job with. Mm-hmm. And I think the laughs, 
I think the comedy holds up really, really well. I think it's probably the most consi- consistently funny Pixar movie, in my <laughs> opinion. Um, I think it has some pretty great villains with Randall. I think it has a good, you know, message too. You know, corporations suck type shit, fuck corporations uh, type of thing. Oh, I didn't. Gr- I didn't get that at all. Really? Yeah. Well, I so- I sort of got last that- time I saw it, I was like six, so I don't know. I sort of like got that the whole whatever spider dude. I forgot what his name is. It's kind of like exploiting, you know, not really the workers, but sort of, you know, the kids that he's scaring and shit. Just, mm. you know, sort of like shitty businessman type of thing. Right. So that's what I sort of took from it the last time I watched it. Okay. Um, It's, it's just a great film, you know. John also, Goodman and, and Billy uh, Crystal are just, just in, in, in their own right, just fucking legends. Oh, They're absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. I think it's, like I said, I think it's arguably the best performance in a Pixar film outside of Tim Allen and, and Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. All right, so that's my number four. What's your number three? I'm still mad at myself for thinking Ratatouille took place in, <laughs> in Italy. In Italy, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with me? I haven't seen a lot of Pixar movies. Like, in, like, I, like, I, don't, I don't see them more than once. Uh, or twice. Well, Cars uh, Two kind of takes place in Italy. Oh, maybe I got those two confused. <laughs> uh, my number three, and here come the motherfucking waterworks. Up, up, baby. Really? Woo! Woo! One mm-hmm. of the saddest opening sequences to any movie. I think, dude. I was in the. Uh, this movie came out in when? Two thousand nine. 2009, I forget who I was in the theater with. And we're like, oh, yeah, cool. We're going to go see up, whatever. First five minutes, had to hide my face because <laughs> I was crying. Dude, are you kidding me? One of the saddest opening sequences to any film that I have ever seen, unexpected, totally took everybody by surprise. And it was like, holy shit. And without a single word, I think, being said, like, you got everything about this person. You understood why this is a mean, grumpy old man. And it, I mean, it could have been better if, like, it was revealed, you know, sometime after. Like, you're like, why is this guy so mean? And then eventually, later down the line, it's because this person that he Mm -hmm. lost or whatever. But I think it just adds so much more, like... Knowing who this person is, knowing why this guy is so grumpy, knowing his intentions and all that stuff. Another aspect the, of uh, great visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And just, like, who thinks of an idea like this? A guy who always wanted to uh, do this thing with his wife. He ends up doing it by his own, like, he avoided doing it his whole life because he wanted to do it with her. But then he said, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And then madness ensues with this cute-ass kid um, and this really hilarious kid. I forget who plays him, but um, yeah, man, I just think it's really, really funny. I remember it being, like, one of the first, like, really funny Pixar. Like, the dog was hilarious. Everything with the dog was funny. Um, And, yeah, visually, I think it was really good. Like, really, really good. Uh, One of the best. Um, beyond that, I mean, 
cried a little bit more in the middle and near the end cried some more so real tear fest this one so oh definitely 100 percent. i'm ranking the pixar films by how much i cried so the more i cried <laughs> is it mm. the better the movie i'm interested is. To, i'm interested to see your uh, number that's one my then. system <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no i'm just kidding though <laughs> all right so that's your number three up my number mm-hmm. three i'm taking it old school you know i gotta do a that's throwback cool. little throwback my number three is toy story um let's get it i can't really put into words why toy story is my number three but as a kid who was born in 1996 i spent most of my youth watching you know pixar and disney films and a lot of you know adventure and sort of the adventure films and whatnot and all that shit Mm -hmm. and toy story was one of the ones i watched the most and one of the ones that I had uh, the biggest, you know, emotional attachment to. You know, Buzz and Woody and whatnot. And I had all those fucking toys. To this day, to this day, the only two toys I have left from my childhood are my Buzz and my Woody. <laughs> swear to God. Swear to God. They're in my closet right now. That is crazy, man. Yep. I have my name on the boot and everything. Was it the big ones or the or the small ones? No, the big ones, like the norm, like the right, like the ones in the movie. Oh, fire! Yeah, oh yeah, there's there's like some legit shit, bro. I got the small ones. My parents didn't love me. Go on. <laughs> um, I think this is one of the most timeless films of all time, and even though, and certainly one of the most impactful and influential mm-hmm. animated films of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, the first you know feature length three D modeled film you know sparking you know pretty much you know the animation we have today it's because of toy story um i think for a film you know who obviously was the first of its kind and while it looks visually a little rough around the edges even then it doesn't detract from the film because it sort of has that charm to it still Mm -hmm. it just you know has that toy story charm um i hope it's never you know remastered to look more modern, I think that would do a humongous disservice to the film. Although I doubt they would. It's not like it's fucking George Lucas, you know, at the helm yeah, of this. Now, now that there's Disney Plus, I don't see, or mostly just streaming services. I yeah, I feel like they, I feel like they would have done it already, sort of thing. Yeah, unless it's like Criterion or anything, or Shout Factory or something like that. They don't really. I don't think most companies are interested in like remastering things. Yeah. No. True. True. Um. This film is just incredibly timeless, and I think for pretty much any, you know, 90s kid who grew up with this, you know, with Disney and Pixar and whatnot, um, I'm sure they can attest to this. I'm sure that they have a pretty strong emotional attachment to not only the film, but its characters, as you could see Mm -hmm. with Toy Story 4, which just came out last year, and the theater was absolutely packed with people my age, your age, and even younger. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a, a trilogy mm-hmm. and a series that stuck with us throughout the years. Um, you know, with characters like Buzz and Woody and Bo Peep and stuff that, you know, hold a very special place in all of our hearts. And it's just, it's one of those things, you know, that'll never die. Absolutely. Um, it's been I, with me my whole life, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Literally my whole life. Um, mm-hmm. I have Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3 in my top 10 Pixar films. 
Um, Toy Story 4 just barely missed out. Although, I'm sure on a rewatch, I'll be able to put it up there. But Toy Story is just one of those, you know, ex- extremely special films that comes around, you know, once every 20 years or so. Yeah, I think so, too. It's one of those stories that can really, you know, touch a generation, you know, growing up with it. Sort of like how Jurassic Park did and sort of how Star Wars did. Maybe, you know, not on the level of Star Wars, but certainly, you know, comparable, I yeah, think. What, when I saw Toy Story 4, actually, um, there was a, a mother and a daughter sitting next to me. And judging by their, like, reactions to it and all that stuff and just by little things that they were saying... I guess it's something that they bonded over over the years, and I thought it was kind of sweet, and it added a, another layer to the movie that I, like, I was able to, like, get some more enjoyment out of it and more, like, sentiment out of it because of that. Like, seeing how much it affected, like, these people. You know what I mean? So, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, honestly, now, now that you bring that up, actually, I think that's one of my favorite parts about seeing these types of films in theaters, you know, movies that are kind of span generations. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the Toy Stories. Um, and I think uh, the Star Wars, obviously, is probably the biggest and most famous example. One of my favorites is uh, the MCU, actually. Mm. Because in 2008, when Iron Man first released, I was, what, like 12 years old? So, you know, I grew up, you know, in my teens watching these Marvel films. And, you know, now I'm pretty much an adult... And when Avengers Endgame came out, mm. uh, I remember I was watching it opening night with a big group of people, and I was like in the last, the last one of like our group, with two random people sitting next to me on my left hand side. It was a father and a son. Mm. The kid was probably could have been older than nine. Okay. And, you know, he had a Spider-Man shirt. He had, um, you know, like red shoes or whatever. You could tell that this kid, you know, liked Loved. Spider-Man. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. one of those, you know, uh, Spider-Man fanatic kids. And when Spider-Man came out of those portals, the kid lost his fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> and it was honestly it was honestly one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a theater. Because the kid went fucking crazy yeah man dude was screaming at the top of his lungs and obviously people didn't care because you know people were cheering and shit you know whatnot like it just added it to it it's just one of you know one of those cool moments and like you said i think toy story you know like the mcu like star wars before is one of those that spans generations that you know people you know people bond with yeah like i'm sure that kid and his dad bonded with over over spider-man and the mcu man it's just great. Yeah, we got real sentimental here and shit. You know. Yeah, man. This might we can bring do a that tear sometimes. Out of me, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's my your, turn? Yeah. What's your number two? So moving onward. No my way. Number two. We have onward. Really. Dude. Dude. I'm not gonna talk too much about it, but onward. Surprised the shit out of me and i'm gonna leave it at that because we're gonna review it and i'm gonna let you say your number two Hmm, can't say i expected that honestly (laughs) i know Hmm. i know (laughs) Alrighty, so my number two Mm -hmm. and in my opinion pixar's masterpiece 
onward. I have the Incredibles. Woo! I think from top to bottom, I think this is absolutely Pixar's best film. Mm. I think everything that you said about its messages and whatnot, I think you couldn't have been any more wrong. Okay. Harsh, so but it's, okay. it's It's not even that, like that's your opinion. You're just flat out wrong, bro. I'm sorry. Okay. I think the film... I think, let me go ahead and, 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 and say this, you know, right out the gate. I think, personally, this is the greatest superhero film of all time. Mm, I think... Okay. Yeah, I, absolutely. I will die on this hill. I think, as a <laughs> whole, it's better than... I have a hard time saying it's better than The Dark Knight, but as a superhero film, I think The Incredibles is better. Um, I think it does a great job of... It's messages. When I say it's messages, I, I mean there are a couple here that I could see. Obviously, you know the dad coming to grips with you know living this family life and about family coming together, and you have all the stereotypical, all of their powers being, you know, represented by you know the, the stereotypes of the family. You know, you mm-hmm. have the shy girl going through puberty. You have the super energetic, um, young kid. You have the baby of the family, who's the big question mark. You have the super machissimo dad, and you have the mom, who's you know f- flexible. I don't really need to explain anything. I guess she that, ha- I she holds everything together. Yeah, like flexible, like holding everything together, um, mm-hmm. kind of bending over backwards for the family and the kids. You know, yeah, you, you kind of get where I'm going at. I can see it. I think um, it's also a great film in regards of like you know the old trying to come to grips with the new and changing times and whatnot mm-hmm. um sort of like i forgot what film i was that I, I said it earlier i think it was it was cars sort of yeah um i think the emotional stakes are super prevalent i think the scene where syndrome shoots down the plane with like the family in it i think is probably pixar's darkest scene like ever i think that is surprisingly brutal for a kid's movie especially mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're an adult watching this, you could kind of see, you know, the the stakes, you know, that this film has. I think yeah. it has arguably the most adult themes, and I, I think for at least adults, it might be the most rewatchable. You know, I'll due, agree with you on that. Okay. You know, due to all its layers, um, I I just love this film. I think the animation quality is incredible. I mm. think. Again, it just has those timeless characters, you know, like the Parr family, Frozone, um, some incredibly memorable scenes. I think, I forgot who it was who said it, but I think to have a great film, you need to have three memorable scenes. I think maybe it was David Lynch who said it, or Alfred Hitchcock, I don't know, I don't remember who the, who the hell it was. Okay. But I think The Incredibles is just chock full of them. Um, I, just, I, I, I truly do think this is Pixar's masterpiece, honestly. I don't think it's devoid of or void of any message. I just don't think that it was very clear to me. I think I I gave too much uh, focus on the fact that it was just a visually cool movie um, and a really, really, really great superhero movie. Like I said, I put it up there with, you know, any other of the best or the movies that are considered the best superhero movies. I think it should be mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think that... I don't maybe I'll watch it again with a new lens and you know try to pick it apart and see what I can find in it but 
I'm just saying compared to any other Pixar movie, I personally didn't find a message in there that I, or at least it wasn't overt. It wasn't like, it was very subtle, I think. Or, at least, or maybe I missed it. I don't know. Maybe I'm dumb. So <laughs> that's a possibility too. Uh, but I do think it's an, it's an excellent superhero film. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least from when I last watched it, uh, I watched this movie pretty recently, I think maybe like a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the big message, you know, that I took from it, besides, you know, learning to adapt and whatnot and, you know, family coming together and, you know, all that shit, mm-hmm. is really not being afraid to take a leap and not okay. not being afraid to go out and, and take risks, you know, when everyone is kind of... For something you believe in. T- yeah, and when everybody, you know, is telling you not to. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that, that's definitely a message, you know, that's relevant today. It's there. It's there. I just, I didn't think um, it was as powerful as any other Pixar films. To me. I don't know. Mm, fair enough. Fair enough. Hmm. Um, should I say my number one? Yeah, go ahead. My number one is Toy Story. Um, Had a feeling you were leaning towards that. I just, uh, by the way, I have no idea what your number one is. I have not, I I could think of a few, but I honestly, it can go anywhere. Uh, for me, I think, again, another concept that's like, fuck, like, why didn't I think of that? Like, I don't write movies, but like, it's it's so crazy. Like, yes, all of our lives when we were kids, every single person grew up playing with toys and creating these worlds with these toys. You know what I mean? And this movie created the idea of like hold up what the hell are my toys doing in that room you know what i mean like it made you feel <laughs> like it's the only one that really transcended like you beyond, leave your like, room as, as like with your toys on the floor you turn around real quick see if like they're moving or something yeah now as a 25 year old man i still do that no okay uh, but i <laughs> but it's still like a concept that you're like fuck like it's so original and yet so simple at the same time you're like damn like it's so like a world that you create with these with these toys is is like you see that in in the movie when like um uh, Andy or or the new girl I forget her name um Bonnie Bonnie um you see how they interact with the toys and you see the happiness and all that stuff and you see the joy they get from it um and on the other side you see the like the attachment that not only the kids have with the toys but the toys have the loyalty the 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 sort of what's the word i'm looking for like the responsibility that they take to make sure and ensure that this person this kid that they're looking after really gets the most enjoyment out of them um and it's super sweet like like it's not something that i ever think about but then when I watch Toy Story, I'm like, fuck, I remember a time when I was like playing with whatever my G.I. Joe's or whatever the shit. And I was just like, I just let my mind go. And I just like was able to be like very imaginative and creative and all that stuff. And it's like it's the one movie where I'm like, I connect to this a lot. Like it's um, I have something in my throat. I wasn't about to cry. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear. um especially in the in the first first movie like Buzz Lightyear's interactions with Woody the fact that he's coming to grips with the fact that he's like a toy i think it's some of the best i mean anywhere in any film not just pixar i think it's some of the best comedic scenes 
ever. I mean, it still kind of makes me laugh when I think about it. Like, I'm like, dude, you're a toy. Like, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, it's a heartbreaking scene when he goes to fly and then he oh, breaks absolutely. his arm and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm nothing. I have no purpose in this and that. And it's like, that's super existential. No, and it's like, no, you don't understand. You have you have the most important purpose of all which is to ensure that this person grows up with creativity and, and, and is imaginative. And I think it's the main message in all Disney movies. And I think it's something that Walt Disney himself even like um, uh, implores in, in, in even in his, in his employees or people he's, he's interacted with in his life. I think the message is always there. Be creative, be imaginative, like go beyond whatever the hell and make sure that it stays within you, that kid stays in you keep being creative and all that stuff and yada 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 basically is the message that i get from toy story and even when i watch it now i'm like fuck like it hits me hard just as hard as it did the first time i watched it the nostalgia is there like you said like yeah the animation isn't as amazing as it you know as like current movies now but that's to be expected and and even then it was kind of like iffy but at the time it was i had never seen anything like that it was jaw-dropping you know, I mean? you know at the time yeah. of release yeah well i was like two but when i did see it um i saw it like what like four or five i don't know but yeah man it's great characters are great um every single toy is memorable in some way um and distinct in their personality mr potato head um bo peep the dinosaur woody buzz obviously slinky slinky like it's fucking like everybody's sick. Like huh, that. That was actually pretty good. Yeah, I don't know, man. It just came to me. What the hell? <laughs> I've never done that before. <laughs> but yeah, man. Toy Story, man. It's, I don't think there's a, a better Pixar film or a better film that represents the the ideas of Pixar, like the 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 message of Pixar in itself. Like, I don't know. Hmm. I'm rambling. All right. No, 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 no. That was very well said. Very well said. Alrighty. Very worthy number one. Thank you. So now coming in at my number one, and this was easy for me. Okay. This not a single doubt in my mind. Okay. Like I could I had a hard time putting together my three my two through five. But my number one is okay. and most likely always will be Ratatouille. Let's get it. The movie that I fucked up and thought that it took place in Italy. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I got so defensive, bro. You came, you came after after my turf. Couldn't have it. You're any like, bro, that shit takes place in France, dog. Square up. <laughs> um, at least oh, I can't for, believe I said that. At least, for, and now it's on it's on record forever. It's on record now. Everybody knows I'm dumb. Everyone's Fuck gonna it. listen to you and laugh at you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. <laughs> um, for me personally, I think this is the most personal. Pixar film for me at least at least uh, the film that I can relate to the most surprised it wasn't higher on your list being completely honest mm-hmm. um and now let me ask you do you find yourself relating a lot to the ideas of this film you as like an artist yeah I I yeah like I said before like I think I think there's um obviously I'm not like it's possible for me to do the things that I want to do uh, there's not like this huge obstacle in my way, but in a way there are little mental roadblocks um, that kind of get in the way of the process of creating and doing what you love. But I do, I do sense some sort of connection or a huge connection actually. 
I shouldn't say some sort of, but yeah. Um, as obviously, you know, an aspiring filmmaker and, you know, my love of film, I could definitely relate to the character of Remy, at least in his ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, his struggles and whatnot. Obviously, I'm not a rat. <laughs> I'm a human being. <laughs> but um, a lot of those, <laughs> a lot of the, I don't want to say struggles, but, you know, feeling like you have to overcome a mountain of uncertainty and, you know, odds against you are certainly there and, and applicable in real life and in the film. Of course. I think Anton Ego is one of the best antagonists or may, besides Syndrome, I'd say the best antagonist in Pixar history and one of my mm. favorite antagonists in film history. I think the character of Anton Ego itself, I think is wonderfully realized and beautifully written Mm -hmm. especially you know the idea of him as a critic and him sort of coming to terms at the end of you know what criticism really is and what it deems and how much more important you know i I, you know i love getting on this part there's nothing i love more than getting on this podcast and just ragging on a movie you know Mm -hmm. just straight talking shit about how much i hated suicide squad or joker (laughs) Or how much I hated uh, fucking The Gentleman. But, you know, at the end of the day, those films are probably much more important than whatever I could say that deems it so. And I think this film really captures that and really captures the importance of, of art and artists in general. And I do think that the scene when Anton eats the ratatouille and he sort of has the flashback and the monologue that follows after that i think is pixar's masterpiece i think that is easily in my head at least the best scene or segment that pixar has ever ever done oh yeah um i think it's incredibly moving um and powerful and especially you know something that i can relate to um that scene makes me cry every time and it's not really a sad film but it's something you know, that really touches me in particular. And for that reason, uh, Ratatouille will probably always be my favorite Pixar movie ever. And one of my favorite films ever. I'd say Mm. if I had to put it somewhere, I'd probably put it in my top 15 favorite movies of all time. Okay. Which is saying something. I respect it. No, I agree. I think think that, that last scene also is completely unexpected. And comes, like you wouldn't think that that's how the movie, uh, how that scene is gonna go, like that that collision between, um, Remy and the Anton and Ego. The main, yeah, like the main the the way that you get to that scene is like, you you would never expect that like him, um, eating the ratatouille would bring him back to like him as a kid and all that stuff, and it's just like hold up what like (laughs) and i will say i think that scene actually is probably the best example of nostalgia in film i've ever seen yeah like it really i could really feel the nostalgia he was having and i feel like you could i feel like that's how i feel when i'm nostalgic towards something like it's it's insane how they really capture that feeling into this visual in like in a visual world you know very very strange how they pull that off they i don't know they got fucking they something's going on something's going on at pixar <laughs> something's not right definitely um, yeah man well said well said um all right so 
Now, seeing as we're an hour into this podcast and we have said maybe like 10 words about Onward, you want to start talking about Onward? Okay, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> all right, I'll let you all, go first. I'll let you go first. All right, so first of all, um, trailers, horrible. Just every movie that that every movie trailer that showed up before this or that played before this was goddamn horrible, especially the one that I thought was going to be really good. Um, I don't know if you remember the one uh, with... Uh, I think it's what the hell is it called with the dad trying to connect with his daughter or something did you see that so i'm gonna like, be honest i walked in after the trailers okay well i'll look it up and i'll send it to you afterwards but the trailers were awful uh after the trailers i went to the bathroom this is pretty funny i went to the bathroom then i came back into the theater and i see simpsons <laughs> and i'm like what does the movie oh wait does this i'm like i have like ten thousand theories going on in my head holy shit does this movie take place inside the mind of maggie and like what the fuck is going on this shit is what crazy the hell? and i was yeah i was like because i forgot that there was a short always before because i don't watch a lot of pixar movies i always forget that there's a short before. This guy thought it was some big fucking Disney. I was Fox like, merger. "What the fuck is going on? <laughs> what did I just walk into?" And then like it ended, and I was like, "Oh, oh wait, no, it's a short." Or actually, before it ended, I was like, "Oh yeah, wait, no, this is this is short, obviously." Like not one word is being said. Like yeah, okay. Uh, all that being said, I hadn't watched the movie in a few weeks. I was extremely busy. I was. Uh, I, did, I had low expectations for this movie, and it might have added to my enjoyment, I'll say that, of this film, but I just really was surprised, like really surprised. I was totally bummed when you told me that we were going to review this film and I, and I had to go see it, um, but man, I was really, really, really surprised by everything about this film. I don't like fantasy films, like quest-based bullshit. Uh, like Dungeons and Dragons type of thing, but I love that it's like takes place in like modern times. So there's like a nice blend. Um, stylistically, it's very cool. Um, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, excellent. Like I didn't think there was any bad moments of of acting or anything. Um, the mom was also really cool. The connection to the dad is also really. It, I I sort of am split no pun intended, on the dad being, like, just half a body. Um, <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> Unintentional. Um, but I did feel, um, I did feel this, you know, the mythology of the dad, you know, being this, like, um, I guess, for lack of a better word, mythical character that um, only the older brother got to experience at a very young age. And... Uh, I think mythical is actually a very good word for for how he's portrayed in this film because yeah at the beginning of the film when Ian is you know at this burger place or whatever getting breakfast he's talking to mm -hmm. this dude who knew his dad and he's talking about how his dad was such an incredible person and how even he himself wanted to be more like Ian's dad and he almost did mm -hmm. seem kind of kind of um, mythological in a sense you're right about that. Yeah, um, I don't know if we're talking spoilers now. Not yet, not yet. Uh, not yet. Uh, well, anyways, I, I just think um, several uh, realizations, or just the, the main realization that happens in the film, I, I just, I 
I couldn't contain myself. Luckily, there was only like two other people in the theater. One was sitting directly behind me and one was sitting directly in front of me. So if the person behind me saw me weeping, don't care. Definitely they heard me, but I was like, you know that cry you do when you're like, you can't really like yeah. control your inhale and it goes. Yeah, I did that. Really? I, not ashamed. I did that. I was like, oh, wh- what's going on? <laughs> really? It was so sad and, and beautiful. And like, um, I really cannot explain my love for this, this film. I, I, man, I, I don't know. Part of it could be just Chris Pratt's performance. I really loved. I think he's one of my favorite Pixar characters now. Um, the world itself is um, ingenious. Um, I think a mythical um, place uh, in modern times is uh, that, that they they blended those two things perfectly. I think and uh, yeah. I'll wait till talk more about it with the the spoilers and stuff because man, I just I, I love it. I love it. Hmm. Okay. So I pretty much agree with almost everything you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love it as much as you did. Okay. However, um, I did really enjoy this film. I'd say it's it's hard to really classify Pixar films nowadays because, for example. I would put this as a mid-tier Pixar film. Mm. But if you look at the upper-tier Pixar films, it's like an insane company. Like, you could legitimately make a case that Ratatouille, Incredibles, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Wally, Nemo, Toy Story 2 and 3, Coco, and Inside Out, and Up are all legitimately, you know, top-tier Pixar films. So then mm. where do you go from there? Because those are 10 films. Mm-hmm. I would say Onward is probably like on the mid tier mm-hmm. with, I don't know, it's better than Monsters University. I'd say Onward is probably on the level with like Up and at least for me personally, um, maybe the okay. newest Toy Story 4, which yeah. is still, it, you know, obviously it's great company. It's a wonderful company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it certainly wasn't really where I was expecting it to fall under. I was sort of went in expecting, you know, like a new, the next Brave or whatever. <laughs> Something, you know, to sit past the time and ultimately forget about it. But I was really surprised at how unexpected this movie was. Unexpected in its quality and unexpected in a lot of the story beats, especially towards the end. Um,. The movie started doing a lot of things towards the third act that sort of took me by surprise in a pleasant sort of way. Okay. Um, I th- like you said about Tom Holland and, and Chris Pratt, I think they were perfect as Ian and Barley, uh, particularly Chris Pat- Pratt. Um, uh, it's so hard to talk about this film without spoilers. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I really loved how these two characters sort of represented different sides of their father and how surprisingly adult it kind of got in dealing with grief and regret, especially with Barley's character. Absolutely. I think Chris Pratt plays, you know, a character, you know, living with regret, you know, about what he did and didn't do Mm. so beautifully and so powerfully that when it does hit you, it completely takes you by surprise and really gives the rest of the film a completely new meaning. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I love the sense of family that this film portrays. I love its, I love its main message. I, I I don't really know if it's a mess if it's a spoiler, you know, saying at least what I perceive this message as. Um, so I'll just save that for a spoiler section. Yeah. Um. So now some things that I didn't like, which wasn't many. But I do think that a film like this could have been done with a little more stylistic direction. Mm. Kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I do like what where a lot of the story went, but from like a direction standpoint, I, do, I feel like some of it was a little bland. Also, you could kind of say what you will about the character designs. I think the character designs were a little off-putting. Now, like, I'm not, you know, the characters themselves were great, but from a visual and design perspective, it took me a little while. It took me a little while to get into it, you know? Okay. Also, I never would have thought that my favorite character in a Pixar movie would be a van. (laughs) Which we'll talk about in spoilers. This is probably my favorite scene in the film. Yes. Um, And I was speaking to my, my cousin you know, when we finished the film, and I think he put it in the best terms for me, at least, that I I could definitely agree with. It's not a top-tier Pixar film, but it is a top-tier Pixar ending. Hmm. And I think I can 100% agree with that. I I would say as an ending, I think you could definitely put this up there with Pixar's best, up there with Coco. Um, I think Ratatouille is in a world of its own, but up there with with Coco, um, maybe yeah. Toy Story 3. Yeah, definitely Toy Story 3. <laughs> I um, absolutely I w- agree. I would put Onward up there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's pretty much it for, for the non-spoiler section. I think we, we should talk about spoilers now. Okay, uh, real quick, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, I was just making sure because I have, uh, I thought like I had a little technical difficulty on my side, but we're good. No, yeah, you're good, you're um, good. Dude. All right, here we go. Spoiler talk? Yeah, spoiler talk. When he is going through the list of things that he wanted to do with his dad, and he realized that he got to do it with his brother, who played a father-like figure in his role, I was like, man. And I I was not expecting that. Super sad. Tears came down my eyes, right? Got uglier from there. Literally, when the whole action sequence happens, and it's a beautiful action sequence, the way that he, like, the, the, uh, uh, I forget, the curse sort of molded itself after a dragon using the, the, the pieces of the school and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I thought it was really great. Um, I think the callback to Ian looking at the, the dragon, uh, on the side of the school, um, which I'm not sure what that represented at all unless it was just a way to like get to the moment where the the curse sort of wears the dragon the mascot dragon or whatever the fuck to on his face i don't know if it represented something else more but uh i thought it was really cool um i think after all that happens and he (laughs) oh fuck he goes uh what did he say oh he just whatever 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 and then he said oh and he also wanted me to give you this Gives him a hug, cried, out loud, didn't care. <laughs> I went, 
<laughs> I was like, holy fuck, come on, man. <laughs> I can't deal with this shit. <laughs> oh, my God, it was so incredible. The scene with the van also. With Guinevere is... when it's sort of... Like when... Okay, when... that That's... Okay, let me go ahead and say that that scene is surprisingly very emotional. I, you I, you I, really ugh. feel the emotion behind Barley giving up what we think is most important to him for his little brother. And well, it's mm-hmm. not only for his little brother because, you know, obviously he has emotional stakes in finding his dad as well. Mm-hmm. But really, you could tell he's pushing through because of his brother, you know? Yeah. You know, he's doing this for him. And when Guinevere, you know, the van is, is on its way towards, you know, the rocks and it's sort of busts the tire and it's like sounds like it's galloping and then the the parking violations fly out giving it like looking like wings it's so cheesy and it shouldn't work but it has so much emotional weight to it and they really do a wonderful job setting that up it shouldn't work but it works so well because they spent the time developing this van as an important integral part of this journey and yeah. it's like when they sacrifice it, it's like, dude. It feels like it feels like it really does feel like a main character died. Yeah, like fucking let's go on over here, dude. Why'd you do that? But man, it was it was really great. Um, that sense of like journey and quest and like wanting to go on an adventure, I felt that throughout the entire like any movie that has that as its. I mean, that's every single movie, but like. The fact that it's about going on a quest and discovering things and all that stuff, like it's it it I definitely I definitely love that aspect of it too. Like there's just all these tiny little things that just make it so much fun to like follow along as a story, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and now I was gonna say something about the message of the film, at least that what I got from it. I really love how they kind of portray that at the end of the day, it's not about who you don't have in your life. It's about who you do have. Absolutely. You know, the people who you do surround yourself with and the people who are there for you every day. Um, I thought the mom was a surprisingly strong character. wasn't expecting that. Shout out to Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, yeah. And I'm really glad that the movie went the way it did because I was expecting, you know, this twist ending where... You know, they would get to spend more time with the dad or that, you know, the dad was actually a secret villain or some bullshit to it. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was totally expecting that. Wow. Um, but then that doesn't happen. It just, yeah. Ian doesn't get to meet his dad. You know, he barely even sees him for more than, you know, a couple seconds. But, you know, he gave up that opportunity, you know, for Barley, who, you know, he wanted Barley to fix... You know, whatever it was that he felt he did wrong, you know, to, f- to help him get over the regret that he had. Right. And I-, I think that's much more powerful than any twist could have been. I think that ending is much more powerful than anything that could have happened with Ian meeting his dad. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, my God. I think the more I think about this film, the more I like it, honestly. Yeah, man. Like, it's. Now it's... that we're here talking about it, I'm. Ugh. Sometimes that's all it takes. Like it kind of selling it on me a little bit too. It, sometimes it's all it takes. Like sometimes you'll you'll watch a movie and and think, man, that movie was kind of okay or whatever. And then you talk to somebody about it and they they open you you up to like, 
oh wow, like I didn't think about it that way. And sometimes you walk out of Batman versus Superman thinking that it was an amazing movie, and then everybody around you tells you that it sucks, and then you mm-hmm. think, let me watch it again, and then you you know what? It does fucking suck. So, <laughs> I mean, it, that's just the the differing opinions that people have. They can sort of uh, open your eyes to new things um, and new ways to like look at. Like The Incredibles, I'm going to watch it again and be like, let me see if I can find what Steven was talking about. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah. Also, side note, I also think it's kind of bullshit that he didn't get to see his dad because like the whole movie, um, you just want him to get it. Um, but I, I, I also understand the message and I understand that he did, like he grew up with a father. And Barley didn't. You know what I mean? So I, I just, I love that little twist. You know, I always think like, fuck, why didn't he, why didn't he get to see his dad or whatever? And then like, you, th- you start thinking about that. And you're like, shit, you know what? Yeah, no, fuck it. Like, this movie's perfect. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I'm gonna great go cry. Film. I'm gonna go cry. Surprisingly great film. I think Chris Pratt is, is the standout of this film. Oh, 100%. I think Chris Pratt fucking nails his role. Yes. Oh, also the uh the the mom's boyfriend. The Oh, Officer Bronco? Yeah, that guy is hilarious. He made I, me crack up the most. Yeah, I was pretty surprised by his character too, you know. He wasn't the annoying sort of stepfather we usually kind of see in these in these types of movies. Um, yeah, he, he was annoying to the other characters, but he was hilarious. Like You could kind of tell that he really wanted what was best for Ian and yeah, and um, Barley also, you know? Yeah. So I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts on the, on the movie? Um, like I said, it was surprising. Uh, did not expect this. I love when a movie does that, when I just go in there thinking one thing and having a assumption for it and it just completely surprising me so good or bad you know so that's something that this movie did so i'm 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 glad i watched it me too honestly me too yeah man um so yeah i think that just about wraps it up for this week's episode yes (laughs) now you get to go to sleep no no no, i'm just saying like yes we did another one (laughs) um thank you guys so much for listening um, I just wanted to say some words real quick. Okay. If if you haven't, well, it's more for our listeners, but also, yes, for you. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, if you haven't already, check out our Instagram. Doing a lot of cool shit on there. I know I say this almost every episode, but honestly, it's because it's the truth. You know, we post a lot of cool behind-the-scenes um, clips and videos, um, you know, movies that we recommend. We give... Uh, we're looking to do some giveaways on there pretty soon. So check out our Instagram at Inside the Backlot. Check us out on Twitter at Inside Backlot. We post a ton of news and updates on, you know, films and our podcasts and whatnot. Um, a lot of news that's going to be coming out there in the next couple of days. Now that it, Yeah, days. Um, and we got something pretty big coming for you guys. I'm not going to say what it is yet, um, but something pretty big is coming. so definitely keep an eye out on that and thank you guys for listening to be completely honest i don't know what film comes out next week or this week technically i don't know what i am gonna eat for dinner (laughs) i I just don't know what's happening outside of my house no clue (laughs) 
so busy. <laughs> um, maybe John and I will review uh, The Way Back or Invisible Moment, Invisible Man. Oh, uh, we're definitely trying to watch that as soon as possible. Nice. Yeah, you know, life just gets in the way, unfortunately. But we're definitely gonna start getting back into a more regular, you know, podcast schedule. Um, and again, thanks for coming on, JP. Always course, a man. pleasure Anytime. having you on. Anytime.